Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. So when I was enlightened about six years ago, right, I remember doing something and I went through all my Facebook friends, right, and I deleted, I had like a thousand friends, right, and I deleted about 980 of them and I was left with 20 of them. And these 20 people are the people that I saw regularly, but were just people I've met nights out randomly at parties and places and I didn't know them and yet every day I was seeing all their crap and bollocks coming up on my newsfeed and so what I'm trying to say to you is that people need to go through their social medias and see do these people serve them any purpose because if they don't serve them purpose all their crap is going to toxicate your mindset and it's going to fill your head with nonsense and so it's very important to dissect and simplify all of the people on your Facebook who don't have a value in your life yeah, I pretty much agree with you. That's what I'm going to do, and I was already doing. So trying to do a kind of uh, selection of the friends that I have on Facebook. <laughs> right now, I have almost 4,000 4, people, but I really think that more than enough of them, I don't know them. And so, yeah, I pretty, uh, agree with you, with your point of view in that. Because, like, we only spend time with, say, five people. Statistically, we are made up of the five people we hang, hang around with the most. And most of the time, yeah. we only have, like, five close friends, right? Of course, we know loads of people. You've got neighbours and acquaintances. But really, we have five, like, main friends that you would literally die for us, basically. Apart from that, anyone else, they're just people that literally we've probably only met once and we've only met them for like 50 minutes or so and so you wouldn't have loads of old shoes in the cupboard when you get new shoes so why would you have loads of friends on facebook when you've really only got five like great friends which is the same as having five great pair of shoes the same principle of just having a wardrobe full of old clothes it's just you it was relevant back then but now it's not relevant and you don't even wear these clothes you don't see these friends so why the hell are they on your facebook just cluttering your mind yeah, well, with some of them, I never talk to them, so <laughs> the most part of them, I think. <laughs> but I'm not so uh, agree with the shoe issues because, you know, I'm a woman, so I love my shoes. <laughs> and every day I'm choosing one and use them, all of them, but for the same. <laughs> yeah, obviously, shoes is just an example, but um, really... Know. It comes down to just, if you don't need something in your life, deal with it. Don't just let it hang around. I have a system where I keep it, order it, or bin it. So if I keep it, it needs to have an order. And if I don't use it, it goes in the bin or to the charity. And so many people, their life, their room, their wardrobe, their garage, their loft, their phone has got so many contacts of people that, A, that's not even the number anymore. That's an old number that doesn't even work. Yeah. B, you don't see these people and yet they're in your phone they are present in your life but they're not present in your life and that goes yeah. to facebook that goes to emails twitter your phone your laptop how many files on your laptop old cvs that you give the jobs old photos old things that are just there and it's like why the fuck are they there they don't serve anyone any purpose yeah yeah, yeah. perfectly agree with you uh, a lot of them i have to be honest well once in a while, I used to go through all the things that I have and trying to understand if they are still, I'm still using them or they are still valuable to me. But, you know, not everybody is going to do that. And sometimes people are just lazy and they don't want to think about a thing. So, okay, they are there. And maybe sometimes or, uh, you know, tomorrow uh, it can be useful for me, but this tomorrow is never coming. And so you just pulling your things and pulling your everything with stuff that at the end you are not going to use. Uh, maybe, yes, the tomorrow that you are going to use it can come, but maybe there are another thing that came out and maybe it's better to use the new thing than the old one, even if the old one was good to do the, the work in the general. So, yeah, it, I think it's the human uh, nature sometimes to keep and to, maybe it's not a nature, no, I'm sorry. It's maybe our mentality to keep everything, um, to not let it go.
is very difficult for us. Uh, it takes a while and also a strong relationship with yourself first and then with the people that you trust to let it go something. Mostly when it's something that's hard to do sometimes at some point. Yeah, lots of people who keep stuff, it has a memory attached to it. And that memory gives us comfort, right? So if that, <laughs> if that blanket from your nan, for example, it makes you think of your grandma. So it makes you feel happy. And um, if you had a, I don't know, a pair of shoes that you were sick on a night out with and it makes you think about, oh, God, that was an awful night out. I chundered everywhere. That's not going to make you feel good. So we keep things that make us feel good. And that goes back to, like, say, nature and animals. If you've got a pack of, say, 50 cows, they're used to all those cows being around, that it makes them feel comfortable, nurtured, like protected, that all those cows are there. It's not just them. And that those cows are what they're used to. And if they see like another cow from another pack that they're not used to, it makes them feel scared. So having items makes us feel connected. But in terms of how our life is, we're not just a cow in a field, with just grass and trees and, and the sky. It's it's our lives are much more complicated. And, and when all of our lives are constantly moving and there's so much stuff happening and there's so, so many things coming into our life, we can't afford to keep things to give us comfort because we'd have so much shit around us that we wouldn't know what to do with it. And eventually there's going to be no space in your house. So you're going to have to get rid of stuff at some point. So why don't you do it gradually? Because otherwise you're going to have to do it all in one go. And the reality is that you're not going to be able to cope with dealing with so much shit in one go. You're going to have a panic attack. And then you're just going to put it to one yeah. side, like in the loft or the garage, because you can't see it, but it's still there. And the belief in your mind that you've now got to somehow find time to do it, it's going to drain you and give you anxiety, even though you might not be thinking consciously. Yes, yes. Uh, well, I never thought about it in that way, but it's so true. Now that you have told me that, it's so true. Because, yes, you can't see it, so... In your mind, you think that everything is solved, but it's still there. And you don't want to think about it because it's going to stress you. But still, it's there. It's inside you anyway. <laughs> and so it's occupying a space uh, and it's keeping your energy anyway. Uh, in, in the example of the house, it's still having uh, a space for yourself. And so you can't use that space for something else, something better in the house issue but it's the same with emotional things and the energy things so sometimes it's very difficult to go through all the trauma that you had uh, it, it's like i had something you think that you figure out what was and you think that you solved that problem but it's still there and uh, mostly when it's something that really hurt you in the past it's something that is growing with you anyway so it's like it's still there you don't think about it so you think that it is not there but it's still there and so you don't have the space to welcome other things um, most of all are the beautiful ones that's the thing it's a mental issue not a physical issue it's a physical thing yeah. so you think it's a physical issue i've got to deal with but actually it's a mental issue a reason of why you can't let that go why you haven't got the time to deal with it why you don't want to deal with it that is a mental thing it's not a physical thing and it's like two choices in life you either keep things or you don't personally i used to be a hoarder everything had a memory and attachment a train ticket a day out um, whatever it was just there was always a memory to every single thing and I had so much crap in my room I didn't know where anything was and often all of the stuff that was there I hadn't used it or even looked at it for years and it was in my drawer and I couldn't get rid of it so I had to understand the psychology of why do I need this and my dad once said memories are best kept in your head so I used to take photos of every single thing I used to record every single thing and it would just go on the computer and I'd have to get more space to take more photos. And it's like, well, I'm not looking at these photos. I was there. And it was about me becoming present. I was living in my head in the past, in the future. And I was letting go of, of, the, of the past and the future. And so by taking photos, it was me holding on to the past and the future. But really, it was a mental issue of me not being present. And I decided to bin everything 
that I had. I was left with just a bed in my room, no phone, no TV, no clothes, no computer, no phone, no laptop. I'd leave all my friends on Facebook, all the numbers. I started again with nothing. And it was the most peaceful time of my entire life. And I could just go out with just literally me, my flip-flops and no phone and go back to a bed. It was like Jesus's day where there was just just Jesus and his and his and, and the floor, basically the floor, the tree and the sky. And it was so peaceful. And I wiped my whole computer, a terabyte of stuff, wiped it, wiped my phone. I didn't save any contacts, no notes, no photos, nothing. And so what I'm saying is that it's really hard to keep some things because if you're keeping some things, you're going to go back into that pattern. Of, oh, well, that's OK. I can keep that. But that isn't. So you'll end up keeping more stuff. And if you're on the planet for, say, 80 years... Well, if you keep say, 10 things every single year, that's going to be eight things. And it's not going to be just 10. It's always going to be, oh, I'll, I'll keep that and keep that. But where are you going to put all this shit? Evolution. Things change. Plants grow and then they die. So keeping something is a memory then. It's not going to be the same memory in time. So you can't keep everything. So you either keep things or you don't. I don't think there's an in-between. It's like you're dependent or independent. If you're independent, you will never want to depend. And if you're dependent, you can't dependent it's just how it works it's literally most things in life are gray but in this situation it is black or white because if you keep kind of smoking your body's going to want more smoke if you keep drinking alcohol you want more alcohol chinese food you want more or you don't there's literally like a black or white you know uh it's true but there is another thing as well that keeping something that can remind you what was in the past it's also helpful to you if you are doing a kind of process, a kind of uh, a path. So it can uh, determine the, the different steps of what you're doing. But the important thing I think that is you have to understand what to keep. Because you can't keep everything. But the, sometimes I think it's the fear of forgetting something. I mean, I used to do that. I mean, I, I was kind of keeping everything because I didn't want to lose everything. So it was my fear to lose something and it was uh, driving me to keep everything. But then I just started to realize, okay, I need something that can prove what I did in that moment. But in the case of the photo, it has to be one, two. Then the other are useless. Because I don't need them, because I already have one that can remind me what I did. And then the others in the other step. So it just, I think, is just to understand what you really need. That's what you were saying as well. But so you don't need everything. You need some particular thing. You have to prioritize it. You have to understand what is really, really um, uh, helpful and important to you. It's like in the kitchen, right? You've got a casserole maker, you've got a pasta maker, you've got a soup maker, you've got so many different like kitchen tools. You've got I think it makes popcorn, an ice lolly maker. It's like okay, so when I want to make ice lollies, I buy an ice lolly maker and I make ice lollies. Like when a kid wants an Xbox game, mummy, mummy, give me an Xbox game. He plays it, another game comes out. Or there's an hour PS4, a computer. So we always use things for a small amount of time and then we move on. So, okay, so then you put all the machines in the garage. You've got your popcorn machine in the garage, the soup maker in the garage, the casserole thing in the garage. So now it's like, okay, well, it's there when I need it. I might not use it or think about using it for, say, a few months, but it's there. That is okay because you're always going to cook. You might want to make soup. You might want to make pasta. That is okay. But, for example a memory of a photo you're always going to be doing something and there's always going to be an opportunity to take a photo look at the bigger picture if i take a photo of every single memory i'm going to have a, a thing this big but i'm going to be living my life enjoying that moment that when am i going to get time to look back of all of these memories in the past because then i'll be constantly in the past rather than creating new memories and not just the photos but if everything has a meaning like a train ticket for example that train ticket will go in the drawer and the chances are because you're moving forward in your life, you're not going to look back at the train ticket. So unlike the stuff in the kitchen stuff where you're going to make soup and bread one day, yeah, you'll use that. Things like a train ticket or a blanket, you will just keep that in a drawer and they will run out of space. So then what you're going to do, you're going to keep it or you're going to bin it. The chances are you'll be like, oh, I've got to use that for five years. I'll bin it. 
okay, so you never used that for five years, but yet it was in your drawer. But the memory's in your head. It was never in the object. So if you look at all the other things in your house and think moving forward, if I know that in five years' time I'm going to come back to this thing, then it's almost like going to the future, knowing how I'm going to react, knowing that in this present time I don't need to keep this thing because it is literally going to sit in that drawer and it's the belief that it's in that drawer that makes me feel good. So then you become aware that unless I'm likely to use it again, like the kitchen stuff, bin it. It's like people, they get a PS4, then a PS5, then the PS6. You know you're not going to use that PS4. There's always going to be a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But yet, you put it in the lot. It's like the mindset of, you're not going to use it, but I'll keep hold on, to, I'll hold on to it. And then five years' time, realise, okay, well, I might as well sell it because I've not used it. But you knew that. So it's, it's a mind thing. It's, it's a way of, it's, okay. it's letting go of control. And that, that's for sure. I mean... Your mind is controlling everything anyway. Uh, so we can, in a, in a way, play with it and so decide with the mind what is good or not for us. Because we don't have to think about our mind as a, an enemy, but as an ally. I mean, you have to know how you have to talk with your mind. <laughs> and so find a, a common point to deal with. Because, of course, uh, most of people, uh, me including in the, in the first place, uh, I was always, uh, let's say, lazy in doing something because I was procrastinating all the time. Uh, it's the same thing to throw out something or not. At the end, it's always there. Something is always there and it's never changing unless you're going to play with your mind and decide what to do to make a change. And then your mind is going to adapt to the new change because that's the strongest thing, that mind can be adapt. But to be adapt needs a routine, it needs something that you're going to do today and tomorrow and constantly to create a new routine. So your mind is going to accept that and do it in an automatic way. And that's the point in the growing up with your life in general. So, yeah, definitely the mindset that is changing everything. Uh, I agree with you in the sense that uh, the memory is your mind, and it is. I mean, I don't really like to, to make too many pictures, for example. Let's say, let's say the example of the picture. I don't really like to do too many pictures because while I'm doing pictures, I'm feeling like I'm not living the moment. I'm really literally like that. I really prefer to, to live the moment. And I don't really care about the picture because if I'm living the moment, this moment is going to be in my mind, very clear in my mind forever. I don't really need a picture. But, you know, sometimes a picture, just one, that is not distracting you to be present in the moment, it's okay. The problem Start when you are going to do just pictures or just videos because there are people that are doing videos of everything. Okay, let's, let's say something. It's okay. It's very good, especially, you know, when you have a little kid, you want to record everything because you don't want to lose anything about him. But I really think it's completely the opposite. While you are recording him, you're not really living the moment. And so, yes, maybe you can... See it for and watch it again for all your life, but when it was happening, you wasn't there. And so maybe that's the great regret that you're going to have for all your life. So I think that the point is to understand how to prioritize and what is really important to you. Uh, it's not easy. I, I mean, it's simple, <laughs> but it's not easy because it's the mindset. <laughs> and our mind that is, is set up in a way today that we are sometimes losing the real meaning of the things that are happening around, around us. Yeah. So. so many people, right? If you think about a concert, right? Somebody's at a concert. Somebody sees yeah. a 
some deer crossing the road, right? Somebody sees, I don't know, a dead body on the floor. Someone sees a car accident, right? First thing they do is they get their phone out. So it seems like people are craving attention more than experience. Experience meaning I'm going to just see that deer cross that road for that five seconds rather than taking five seconds to get my phone out that the deer walk past, I never see the deer, and I never got the footage on the camera because I never got my phone out in time. People are trying to capture everything for attention to then show their friends and be like, look at this. They're not there anymore. And it's like, if you were to take away your phone, you'd have no memory and no memory on your phone because it doesn't exist. And I find that if you are present, things stay in your head forever. So, you know, you come from a family People say to me, because I used to wait to as well. How do you remember all of the things that they're saying to you? So when they say they need certain drinks, I'm just listening to them say those drinks. And then when I'm getting the drinks, it just comes into my head. It's there. What people do is they then go, okay, Coca-Cola, lemon and orange, orange lime, whiskey, wine and soda. They're repeating it back in their head. If you're present, the brain stores the image of light and the sound in terms of, you know, the vibration. But people first thing they do is get their phone out and then they don't remember it because they weren't there as you said they weren't there watching uh, well i really think that it's a matter of feelings as well because of course if you're not experiencing the things you are not having any feeling about the things you're experiencing so the mind works in the way connecting things with feelings so the emotions you felt uh, and so if you are not living, if you are not experiencing that, how you can have feelings about it? So that's for sure you're not going to remember anything. Or at least you're not going to remember the, 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 the important thing. Because sometimes you're just seeing something, but you're not watching. Or you're just there and maybe you are recording with your phone, but it's an image like other hundreds the same so nothing is different for you so it's just many things happening just to make a number not to make the difference so i, I think that that's the point that makes things work in a different way uh how much of yourself are you putting the things you are doing or leaving and so we are going back to the feeling and the memory the memory works if you are experiencing that that's why the, the Wizard people are the one that experience everything, or at least most of things, living truly with uh, emotions and feelings and heart, what they are doing or the thing or they are going to do. Uh, it's, uh, it's sad sometimes because uh, I, I like, for example, to stay in the airports and see people. <laughs> Uh, what is going on in their life, or just trying to imagine what's going on in their life. And sometimes they are very lost. Uh, I mean, sometimes it looks like they don't know where they are. Even if they have the tickets, even if they know where is the airport in the moment, but it's like, what are they doing? They even know. And it's sad. Because um, everybody should know where to go not only in a physical way, but also, I think, mostly in a spiritual and soul way. Yeah, so many people are in their head, right? And they're missing real life experience. Like, you're either looking out your retina or you're looking at the back of your retina. So you're in your head rather than outside. And I do believe that, you know, that internal voice that is going on and on and on all the time, it's us seeking for difference compared to the reality but that voice I do believe that that voice or any mental issue can be cured with meditation because I had a very active brain growing up and it created so many problems if not all my problems when I learned to meditate I had no voice no brain activity my brain was silent and everything was clear so meditation I do believe is the cure for all physical and mental problems because physical problems start with like the vibration of your body and that comes down to what your thoughts are so if you meditate and you're in sync to like nature then there's no then you're in a positive vibration and your body will follow and that vibration and if you are um yeah go on. <laughs> well 
Well, honestly, I'm pretty new to the meditation. Uh, I'm practicing more often now, I mean, in the last two weeks. Uh, and before, I tried a couple of times, but I was never constant in that. Now that I'm doing it constantly, I'm starting to see the difference because even meditation is a process. So you have to learn how to uh, switch off your mind because your mind is always there and it's not easy at all. I mean, uh, it's taking me a lot of work to try and do. And sometimes in the section I decide to do, even if are 10 minutes or 15, I can't. For now, because I'm still practicing, but I really can't for all the time switch off my brain. Sometimes it's coming out anyway. Because, of course, uh, you want to be aware of everything that's going on. But sometimes, when you understand that sometimes the mind is, is only a kind of protecting the emotional part in the wrong way, let's say like that. You need, if you really want to understand what is going on, or if you really want to know yourself, you need to do that, uh, the fact and switch off your brain. Sometimes it's not easy because you're afraid. Sometimes it's not easy because it's like, okay, if I'm going to switch off it, what is going to, to happen to me, you know? Because you have to go out of your comfort zone. Uh, and it's not easy. <laughs> but I think that in... When you try to do it, and you can uh, see the potential that the things are have on your experience in your life in general, maybe you can really understand how to that, and maybe be more brave in doing it. Um, and that's the beautiful thing when you can see the change that is only laying down as it's of your brain. It's it sounds crazy, but it is, <laughs> and it's so good when you understand how to do it, and you can do it without the uh, afraid of fear what, what can happen to you. But sometimes when you don't know what is going to happen, you uh, you stop yourself and you just go back in your comfort zone. Yeah, to me, right, the brain is a plant with seeds, right, and thinking is the sun and the water. So the more you yeah. water and feed, the more you water the plant and give the plant sun, the more it grows. And the more it grows, the more sun and water it needs to keep itself alive. The more we think, the more it charges up our neurons in our brain and the more we think. The more you go to the gym, the more weights you can lift, the bigger your fibres grow in your arms, for example, yeah. and the more you lift. And it's a vicious circle. And the only way to slow the brain down is to stop thinking. The only way to stop the plant from growing is to don't give it sun and water. The only way to stop your muscles from growing is to stop lifting weights. And I found that when I started to meditate, I had all these thoughts coming in and it was hard because every single two seconds there was another thought, another thought, another yeah. thought. And it wasn't... What you did to stop it? Huh? What you did uh, with your mind to stop the thoughts coming in? Uh, sorry, say that again. It cracked up. What you did when your thoughts were coming during your meditation? So what did I do when the thoughts are coming in? Yeah. So, as I said, I spent my whole life thinking. I mean, my whole life thinking all through school, watching TV, reading a book, having a poo in the bath, going to bed, always in my head, thinking and working out stuff like, you know, why are we here? Is there a God? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and I remember just laying on my bed like this. And every time a thought came in, I went, bleh, bleh. I had to distract myself. I'm like, bleh. and I realized <laughs> if you say to yourself, I'm just going to think about this thing and then I'll stop the next thought. When that thought comes along, it will be, I just need to think about this. Then I'll stop the next thought. It's like one more cigarette. Then I'll stop. I'll just have another cigarette. Then I'll stop. It's just like, oh, one more chip, one more bit of bite of a burger. That doesn't ever end. Okay. Your body wants more of what it's used to. So every time a thought came in, it would I wouldn't think, I wouldn't go through that thought process. I'd just, eventually, I would be so tired from from stopping my thoughts that I'd just fall asleep. And then days and days and days and weeks would pass. And gradually, 
there'll be less thoughts as the weeks went past because I wasn't fueling the brain with thinking. I wasn't giving the plant sun and water. Eventually, the plant started to stop growing as quick. It was still growing, but it wasn't growing as quick. And the minute I learned to control all thoughts, I gave myself like three weeks of no thoughts at all. There was just no activity coming in my head. My brain was so still. It's like I didn't water the plant. I didn't give this, that the plant sun that the plant realized I can't grow because there's going to be, I don't know when the next water or sun's going to be. So it kind of like a cactus kept all the water it had and just stood still and didn't grow. That was my brain for like, for like weeks to a month. There was just no thoughts coming in. It was almost like a dead body. It was just nothing absolutely nothing and I went from I can't control my thoughts to silence just still like just it was like a storm and the calm after the storm it was just bliss and it took a long time how did time. you feel? huh? when that happened how did you feel? I, it was like being blind and being able to see going from black and white to colour it was just so peaceful it was like going through hell and arriving at heaven, it was like, it was like treading on thorns and then not treading on thorns. It was just amazing. And it took a lot of time. Now, I think more, you to think more than anyone on the planet. I can, I can guarantee that, right? I drove myself to possession, right? That voice, yeah. get phrenic, that voice just constantly. And the more you fuel it, the more you think, the more you think. And what was amazing is three hours used to pass of thinking at nighttime from, you know, 11 o'clock at night thinking thinking four in the morning just thinking like I wasn't going anywhere just my brain was just like and just the amount of time it takes to, to think and how quickly time flies when you're thinking is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal how time flies when you're thinking and when you don't think meditating for five minutes it's like fucking hell it's only been three minutes I've got another two minutes left the amount of time how slowly time is when you meditate and how quick time goes in your thinking is literally incredible. Wow. <laughs> well, definitely, I'm still not at the point, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to right there. <laughs> now I want to experiment that. <laughs> I will try with your, um, with your way to shut up the mind. <laughs> Another thing that I'll I'm, say is... I'm fun as well. I remember, I remember specifically having a poo every night, right? And it's by the bathroom and there's shampoo bottles there. And every time I started to think, I would quickly read the back of the shampoo bottle. So it would say, this shampoo is mixed with fresh coconut fragrances to make your skin lovely and soft. And I remember reading the ingredients. It was all this like crazy weird words like exablates and like all these like chemicals and stuff. And I remember reading through like the 50 different chemicals and having to pronounce it. And that took my mind off what I was thinking about to the point where I was spending five minutes going through the ingredients of these chemicals in this shampoo. that I forgot what I was thinking about whilst I sat down on the toilet. So I occupied my brain with something externally so I didn't think about something internally. And basically, your brain forgets what it was thinking about and you never think about it again. But if you think, okay, I just need to think about this, and then I'll stop thinking, you'll always have something to think about. There's always, oh, okay, this is more important than that. It's not, it's just brain activity. So thinking, reading the shampoo bottle, reading whatever, occupied my brain for the five minutes externally, as opposed to occupying my brain internally. And because I wasn't fueling the brain with thought, I wasn't weight lifting the weights in the gym, I wasn't giving the plant water, it didn't grow. It just stayed the same height. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. But well, yeah, uh, it's another state of mind. Uh, is the next step, maybe. <laughs> no? Yeah, and also, like, um, food and water is, is, is like giving the plant water and sun. If you give yourself good food... You've got good like oxygen to the brain and the brain's got good blood flow and it's got, you know, you sleep better. So you remove toxins and then you can think clearer. So, so you could say, well, if I eat well, then I'm going to think more. 
yes, that is correct. But because you've got such a healthy brain, you can control your thoughts more because you have more control of your brain. But actually, diet plays a role in meditation because if you're tired and like drained, then you're not going to really have much control over thoughts because you'll just be like, you just like be so lethargic and you want to lie down all the time. And when you lie down, your brain starts to kick and you can't be asked to like control thoughts. So um, diet actually has an, a huge impact on the ability to meditate because you have more control of your brain if you eat and drink well. Um, that makes sense. Now, what is the last thing that you said? Is good for that? Diet has a ma massive impact on your ability to meditate because if you eat lots of shitty food, then you're going to have, you're going to feel shit. So you're going to be tired. Your brain's going to be weak. So it will just go on auto charge and start thinking. Whereas if you eat well, you've got more control over your body and your muscles and your brain. So you can meditate okay. easier and it's easier to control your thoughts because you're healthy and you've got the correct energy levels. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's, yeah, definitely. It's another state of mind. It's another uh, hard point as well. So it's the first step to, to reach out and then go uh, go on and go through and go on the next step as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I really uh, hope that someday in the schools that are going to, um, to teach how to meditate because uh, it's a powerful tool that everybody should have uh, and everybody should know how to use it. Uh, and I really think that it's just a couple of people that know uh, how powerful it can be meditate and how can really change your entire life. Um, for now, I have to be honest, as like I already said, I am in the first process of the meditation, so I'm not experiencing nothing so deep But already with a couple of times, uh, I think it's kind of two weeks that I'm doing that regularly and often, and I already can see the difference between before and now. I mean, it's like I'm more aware of what is happening in my inside part. Uh, and it's like I want to spend more time with myself. Make sense? Uh, the first thing, the, the first thing that I saw that it's different, and it's like uh, that it's not that I don't like to see the other people. On the contrary, I really like to share and to uh, enjoy, have fun, and to have conversations. It's my first thing that I really like. But I really appreciate and I really enjoy the time with myself, uh, and I want to do a lot of stuff with myself. So I, that's the first difference that I uh, found starting to do that. It's like I start to, to, to know something else and something more, and I want to know more and more and more. So, it, like I said, it's everything a process. But if you never start, you can never know what is going to uh, bring you. That's the point, and that's the fascinating thing. That you know where to start, and you just have to be open and to bring you and guide you whenever you have. Uh, yeah, that's the thing that I really, um, that I'm really enjoying right now as well. I'm doing a couple of courses to, uh, to study, you know, to grow as well, to not waste my time. And it's like everything I'm doing, I'm starting a point and everything is just bringing me when the, when the universe uh, wants me to go. Makes any sense? I feel like that, and I feel so good for that. <laughs> just letting it, because uh, you know, sometimes you just want to have everything uh, under your control and drive control, and you really stress and you really feel bad if something, even the the, the minimal thing, is not going like you want, and so you're just feeling like lost for one tiny thing that is not going like you want. So it's really important to understand how to let it go that. And let, let the things bring you where the things need you to go. Um, I don't know. Um, it, it's like, like I said, I just want to enjoy what is coming. I have no rush. That's another important thing because sometimes we start something and we want everything and now. 
So we don't enjoy the process. And that's a, a very uh, bad habit that we have, I think. We, I mean the human, the, the human being sometimes, doesn't know how to enjoy the process. They are always thinking, I will do that to win. But it's not like that. It's not working like that. It's working exactly on the contrary. Because if you want to go somewhere, if you want to take an example of a practical example, the first thing you have to do is moving. Because you have to uh, go out of your house, take the car, or just have a walk. So everything starts with you taking action. Everything starts with you doing something that is going to be different. And then let the flow drive you <laughs> and enjoy whatever is coming. Yeah, like, so med- medication for a mental illness, they give you the medication to alter the state of mind. And then when you alter the state of mind, the physical symptoms change and disappear. So that's why they give you medication, right? But meditation yeah. is the actual problem solution. So I had Tourette's when I was younger, which is enormous brain activity and the medication slowed my brain down. So the twitching was less because the twitching happens when your brain's active. When I learned to meditate, my Tourette's went completely. There was no twitching. There was nothing. So I know from experience that meditation healed my Tourette's and medication suppressed the symptoms. And that's the same for dyslexia, OCD, autism, Asperger's, ADD, ADHD, all of the mental names that are given, medication is provided, but that just suppresses the problem. The problem can be removed completely through meditation. Any mental illness, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, it's just brain activity. It can all be cured completely meditation instead people get given medication why because they don't know meditation they go to the doctor because that's the first person you go to and there's a problem the doctor doesn't know stuff like meditation he's gone to university he's taught look up the symptoms provide the prescription he's only doing his job the person who goes to the doctor wants to be helped so he trusts the doctor and they take the medication and if the problems get worse you get more medication and if the problem is the same then you don't see the doctor but meditation cures all mental illness every single fucking thing even dementia and parkinson's okay and uh, alzheimer's because if this thing about overactive brain if say parkinson's well if you learn to slow your brain down it wouldn't deteriorate as quick Things like Alzheimer's, where you haven't used your brain enough. Often dependent people rely on somebody else to do stuff for them. So they don't use their brain. As a result, they have lots of unanswered questions in their head. And they don't want to ask people for answers because they feel like, oh, I don't want to don't want to ask them too many questions in case they get annoyed with me so you just have this constant brain activity going around in circles where you never get answers and real truth it's almost like i wonder why he does that oh that's probably why so you, you make up like an answer in your head to satisfy that thought so you've gone your whole life just making up answers to questions and it's not actually truthful and so you wear your brain out and dementia is where you forget things or you don't you can't remember things that's because you never got real proof of answers you went round and round in circle so that brain activity could have been cured by meditation where you now are so aware of everything and you will listen to people and hear answers rather than going into your head and thinking why does he do that why did he do that you're in your head so you can't be in your head and outside your head if you're outside your head you're so aware of everything you're listening to the news you're reading stuff and you have the answers whereas if you're in your head trying to find answers before you're actually aware then you're going to make up answers because you never get the real answers and i know at school for example the teacher used to be teaching the answers but i presumed that she wouldn't have the answers so i said go in my head and sort of question and find answers myself so I wasn't listening to the teacher with the answers but in my head I was kind of making up answers that wasn't actually the real answer it's almost like I'm not going to ask that girl out for a drink because I think she'll say no so rather than asking her and getting a yes or a no I come up with an answer in my head of her saying no because your your breath smells or your too greasy hair 
and I wouldn't ask, ask her. So now that became my reality that she doesn't want to go for a drink with me because I had greasy hair or bad breath. That was made up. And I did that through every single thing in my life to the point where I was in my head the whole time and I wouldn't find real answers. And that brain activity goes round and round in circle. And things that you think are real are not real. That's what dementia is. You think that happened yesterday. Well, it didn't. It happened 10 years ago. But because you'll be playing stuff in your head now, the brain thinks it is real, but it's not. So again, meditation cures all mental illness and often all physical illness because if you are in if your body's in a vibration of positive energy you're at ease and life is about living plants grow you don't you're not supposed to be dying okay because everything's supposed to live when you're in a negative vibration the body's at disease and disease is death and things are dying so physical illness happens when your body's disease so if you're meditating you're in tune and aware with nature which your body's going to live and they won't be physical disease either. Again, it's a cure to everything on the planet, mental illness and physical illness. Well, that's a very beautiful message in the sense that, like I said, I wish everybody can learn how to meditate. Uh, I knew and I met a lot of people that uh, had this kind or a couple of this kind of issues. And when I met them, I... Well, today I would like to have them if I was in the past, knowing what I know today, because uh, I really thought that it was something that I could do for them. But in that moment, it wasn't so so clear for me. I was young as well, so you know, it's like I have to figure out what's going on in my life. How can I help you? But that's a very powerful message. Uh, really, really uh, hope that it's going to be. Uh, louder uh, and more people can understand how meditation is powerful and can really, really help someone uh, in the really deep way. Yeah. So just to confirm, I had very bad Tourette's, not swearing because the swearing comes from frustration or excitement. My Tourette's was simply brain activity, frustration of trying to work out. You're telling me to get a job, but I can make a business. And it didn't match the outside with the inside. So it frustrated me. So I used to get like, fuck, fuck's sake, rather than like, whoa, chicken, oh, Italian pizza. That wasn't what it was like. It was like, fuck, cunt. But the twitching was the worst form for me. So imagine the brain is active. It's stimulating other facial muscles to help process the information because it's all connected. So I used to twitch and the medication suppressed my twitching for 10 years. I came off the medication in three weeks. I meditated, my Tourette's disappeared completely. So I am speaking from experience that if I cured Tourette, which is apparently uncurable, okay? I cured it in three weeks by coming off the medication and meditating for three weeks. Med the Tourette's was cured by meditation. If I start to think, I twitch. I blink because I'm intensely talking. But when I'm asleep or meditating, I'm like still as a dead body. I just don't move. I'm so still. Um, so people, if they want to cure physical and mental disease, they need to meditate. But it's going to be hard. So what I recommend is when you start to think about something, quickly read the nearest thing to you, a book. As I said, the bottle of the shampoo, quickly read a poster, quickly pick up a leaflet. If you suddenly read that leaflet, your brain won't process that information. And as soon as you can't remember what you're thinking about, stop reading that shampoo, stop reading the book, stop reading the poster and go about your day. Again, you get a thought coming into your head. Don't think about it. Pick up the shampoo, pick up the book, pick up the poster. You have to distract. The it distracts the brain and what that's doing is is that rather than going to the gym every day where you can lift weights you're going to the gym every two days so now you can't lift as much because you haven't been going to the gym consistently and now you can't lift as much so now translate that to the brain the brain won't have as much brain power to process all those thoughts so you go down from 50,000 thoughts in a day to only being able to do 25,000 thoughts in a day and the aim is to not go to the gym for weeks that your body's just, I can't even lift any weights anymore. 
So that's basically the same as you don't want to think about thoughts where you go from 50,000, 25,000, 10,000, 5,000. The less you think, the less energy you have to think, the more tired it becomes to think. To the point where you can't ask anything and you're just in meditation. You keep distracting the brain every time you think. And within three weeks of doing that, every day for three weeks, and like anything, it takes consistency to see results. You've got to water the plant consistently yeah. for it to grow. But this is in reverse. This is in reverse. You don't want to water the plant because you want it to sort of just die, basically. And that's the same as don't think about your thoughts distract your brain and the brain will become weaker where it won't have the energy to think about all those thoughts during the day and when you have control over your brain you can select what to spend time and energy thinking about because it will take energy to think about one thing that it will tire you out and you won't want to think about bollocks because you know it wears you out yeah but at least you have the tool to make order in yourself and your brain. I think it's an amazing thing. If you don't try it, you can realize how powerful and how beautiful it is. Because in that way, you can just uh, direct yourself. And that's the goal we, we have. Because the problem is not that brain is working, because the brain has to work. <laughs> but the problem is that we don't know how to put order in what we're thinking, in what we are doing, what we, uh, in where the brain is going. So, uh, the only tool we have is meditation, because with that, we can calm the mind, and when one thought is coming, we can decide if we want to go deep with that thought, or just changing it, and decide which one we want to uh, make more deep for us, because maybe it's the one we want. Uh, for example, lately I'm, going, I'm doing... Uh, <laughs> Much of the meditation to attract love relationships because I've been alone for a while and now I know that I kind of ready to try again to have a relationship, but I'm not like uh, uh, desperate that I want a relationship. I want the right one, so I need to work with myself to understand what I really want from that and how I can give myself. To the other person because as I said if you want something you have to do something otherwise you're not going anywhere and so yeah definitely I really think that it's the most powerful message that we have uh, really in this conversation and um, well congratulations to you that you understand how to do it because many people just give up and they just decide to put all the medication and just to switch off not only the brain but also physically because I think that the medication uh, works on the physical aspects, right? More or less. In the chemical things. So it's like uh, uh, shut down a machine. It's pretty much the same. So yes, you are going to switch off the brain but you, with that you are switching on everything. It's like a, a fridge. If you don't want the fridge to... Uh, to make cold the things, you have to shut down everything. You can't stop just one thing in the machine. So yeah, wow, that's a so powerful thing. And uh, so glad to hear that. Uh, even for me, I mean, uh, as I said, I had a friend. Uh, she was depressed, but really depressed. I mean, so she had so many trauma in herself, and she won. She didn't want to accept one thing with herself. And that's why she was depressed. And sometimes I didn't know how to help her because for how much I wanted to, you know, make her see, uh, try to um, let her just, uh, go through the things that she didn't want. It, of course, I'm not a psychologist, or you know, I did. I was didn't know. I I was didn't do anything in a specific or in a professional way. It, it was just a friend support. Uh, but I couldn't help her so much because at the end, it's the person that needs to decide that he wants to help herself or herself in a way. So the first thing always starts with you. So if I decide to change or to make a change, so I have to start 
and do something to make a change. And you did. So thank you for this um for this proof, a real big proof and demonstration and experience. Uh just to go back on what you started and so amazing. Yeah. So meditation can stop obesity because if people eat they are not in tune with themselves. They are longing for something. They are seeking a need. I call it a need for a want. People who always have to eat, always have to smoke. When you smoke, you get a fulfillment. You need something and you want it and you get it. It's like a reward and every time, yeah. So it can stop obesity because if you just apply action to your thought every time you think of go to the fridge every time you smoke every time you eat if you keep thinking and doing you're not in control of your thoughts so meditating allows you to be in control of your thoughts and say i don't need to eat i don't need to smoke so that cures obesity that also cures diabetes because that comes from eating relationships so many people wouldn't argue wouldn't get divorced if they meditated why because every time an issue comes up they wouldn't react to the argument they'll be in such a calm mindset that they can understand for example the wife's point of view and why she's getting angry and why that happened and he would know that he it's because he didn't do that for example and because he's in a calm state of mind he's aware that that made her feel like that and he doesn't want to piss her off next time so he says no problem i'm really sorry i'll make better effort instead when everyone's in their head all the time and then some of the wife starts nagging about something the first thing you do is you react rather than respond so when you are in meditative when you're in meditation all the time see people's point of views and understand their reasoning as opposed to just seeing it from your point of view, how you're being attacked so it will save marriage most people try for kids they can't have kids because they're in such a desperate need of i want this kid or this fulfillment so they're stressed they're tense right so if you meditate and you let it go you become relaxed you become in tune to nature and the positive energy and you're such in peace with yourself you won't want kids you won't want a husband you'll just have sex and what happens when you have sex you create life and you'll have your kid so it affects diabetes it affects diet obesity it affects marriage it affects children if you understand that everything starts from the brain, it affects everything. And if you've got unanswered questions and you want to say love, you're going to attract somebody who's also got unanswered questions because you're the same vibration. That's why you've got to have all the answers yourself and become complete. And then that person will just be there because you'll magnet, magnetically attract that person. You can't want something because if you want something, you haven't got enough. So therefore, there's like a hole in your in your in your box and it's going to be leaking out so you've got to fix all the holes yourself and then it just keeps filling up um so it literally is the is the root of all evil the brain activity and you can get anything you want through meditation but for me meditation was like um being blind my whole life and suddenly being able to see meditation allowed my five sentences my smell became incredible, my touch, my sight, my hearing became increased because when you're in your head, all the energy is going like inside, it's going like it's going out into the universe, it's being wasted. Whereas yeah. if you meditate, it stores within yourself. So it's like an iPhone is constantly at a hundred percent charged, and therefore your hearing is like on a hundred percent, your sight's on a hundred percent, your touch, your sex, sexual energy is all a hundred percent. But when you are thinking unnecessarily, you're using brain activity, you're wearing down your battery, so your hearing goes to 70%, your touch is 60%, your smell is 30%, your sight is 20%. And this is why so many people wear glasses. It's not necessary for people to wear glasses like they do. Like we're born with fucking eyesight. Why does everyone wear glasses? Again, it's the things that they are doing that is affecting every single damn thing. Yeah. It's Absolutely. the power of God meditation. And I'm, I'm saying it from experience, not because I've learned it. I have healed all my issues, every single fucking issue. Spots. I had such bad acne growing up. So bad acne. I tried every medication, every face wash, every cream. 
none of it fucking worked. When it disappeared was the same time I came off on medication for Tourette's. What is Tourette's? Brain activity. What is the twitching? Stress. Fucking stress. Stress was yeah. making me spotty. Why do teenagers have spots at school? Because they're stressed. They're trying to work out like, who am I? My gay, my lesbian? What do I like? It's a stress. <laughs> gay people gave me spots. When I had no brain activity, there was no stress. There was no spots. So it cured spots. It cured every fucking problem I ever had in my life. Every problem. Wow, that's amazing, really. <laughs> I really think I'd, I don't have anything else to say to that. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Uh, I, I'm really happy to have that at the company that is yours. So uh, with that, I just want to go over and over and over meditation right now. <laughs> You inspired me to that. I already was, but now I wanted more. <laughs> um, so we can we can keep speaking, or we can end it here. What do you what do you feel? Uh, I need to end. I have other things to do, but it was so good. <laughs> okay, quickly <laughs> plug anything you want to plug. I'm sorry. Quickly plug any social media's websites you want to plug quickly. Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook, Cloud Yes, it's my stage name, I'm an artist, I'm a singer. And um, Instagram as well, Cloud Yes Music, and YouTube as well, Cloud Yes Music. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to press stop, but wait there and I'll say goodbye, okay? One sec. Yeah. Hang on. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have many more for you to listen to, so go back and have a look at the old ones. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and notifications are turned on so you know when I've released a new one. Follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. Have a great day.